All right, so this episode is on Where Do Correct Ideas Come From by Mao Zedong. And I just want to go ahead and dive right in. What I'll be doing is reading a little bit, and then I'll stop, make some comments. And to be clear, um, just to make sure everyone's on the same page, I will say to comment when I'll make my own comment, and back to the text when I return to this very short text. It's it is what three short pages, and I'm actually reading from the Foreign Languages Press uh, book, which I highly recommend. You can find uh, I'll link this in the show notes as well on the Five Essays on Philosophy by Mao Zedong. But I want to go ahead and get us started by sharing a few thoughts that can kind of guide some of our thinking as we read through this short essay. And the first thing I want to say is that um, something that we'll flesh out throughout this reading is that ideas become materialized and embodied when we put them into practice. Consciousness can transform into matter, and matter into consciousness. So correct ideas aren't simply for knowing. Um, Correct ideas are for transforming society in the the world. I think uh, especially because we come from a bourgeois liberal society, when we hear of an essay called Where Do Correct Ideas Come From? Perhaps the first instinct that we have is to think about knowing things for knowing's sake, or just, you know, to have smarts. But this section written by Mao for a central committee document on party work in the countryside could also, I believe, have been titled something like, where do correct analyses, programs, campaigns, and slogans come from? Or where do correct ideas for practice come from? This passage isn't about where do smarts come from. No, of course not. It's about how revolutionaries and the masses can come to correct as opposed to incorrect forms of practice and struggle. So revolutionary communism, as we've said um, time and time again already on this podcast, is a science, which means all Maoists are both militants and scientists. Just because we know that Marxism, Leninism, Maoism is the third and highest stage of the revolutionary science doesn't mean we know shit about putting this theory to practice or organizing or really developing a mass line, let alone making revolution. So on top of being militant and scientific, every Maoist should also be humble as fuck. So today, we're not here to look or sound smart. We want to develop correct practice, programs that actually work to develop mass struggle, mass consciousness, and class and national revolution. So as I read and comment along, let's be thinking, where do correct analyses and programs come from? Back to the text. Where do correct ideas come from? Do they drop from the skies? No. Are they innate in the mind? No. They come from social practice and from it alone. They come from three kinds of social practice. The struggle for production, the class struggle, and scientific experiment, to comment. All right, so these three kinds of social practice, right? Struggle for production, which um, my best understanding here is that it's the literal participation in the production of things for society, 
The second one being class struggle. And so in this material and ideological struggle between classes that we objectively exist within, we learn about ourselves and the world and those who, with whom we are in relationship with. And, the third, and thirdly, scientific experiment. This is the, the third kind of social practice that human beings can come to correct ideas, also programs, analyses, and, and strategy uh, through. And the scientific experiment part is what we're really going to emphasize through this conversation. All right, back to the text. It is man's social being that determines his thinking. Once the correct ideas characteristic of the advanced class are grasped by the masses, these ideas turn into a material force which changes society and changes the world. In their social practice, men engage in various kinds of struggle and gain rich experience, both from their successes and from their failures. Countless phenomena of the objective external world are reflected in a man's brain through his five sense organs, the organs of sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. At first, knowledge is perceptual. To comment. So, it's the ideas of the advanced in a given situation that we are looking for that need to be turned into programs, actions, campaigns, that once materialized and put into practice by the masses, can transform a society and, in transforming a society, transforms the world. So everything is at stake here, right? Politics are about life and death, and we have to teach the masses this. Also, it is the sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch of who that revolutionaries must learn from? The masses in our particular societies and according to a revolutionary class line. And for more on this, see our recent episode on who the masses are. And if we don't see ourselves as humble students of the masses, then we will never become their teachers. Back to the text. The leap to conceptual knowledge, i.e. to ideas, occurs when sufficient perceptual knowledge is accumulated. This is one process in cognition. It is the first stage in the whole process of cognition, the stage leading from objective matter to subjective consciousness, from existence to ideas. Whether one's consciousness or ideas, including theories, policies, plans, or measures, do correctly reflect the laws of the objective external world is not yet proved at the stage in which it is not yet possible to ascertain whether they are correct or not, to comment. So this is the first stage in the two-stage process of cognition. And in this first stage, we're accumulating the perceptual knowledge, and from our experiences, we can develop ideas and concepts and plans and programs that we have yet to know are correct or incorrect, but we develop these initial theories and policies and plans according to our perceptions. And something Mao is already alluding to here is that the correctness or incorrectness of an idea needs proved, right? It needs tested. And then the results need observed, analyzed, measured in order to know if the idea was true or false, 
correct or erroneous, but we're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. The first stage in the two-stage process of cognition is this movement from perceptual knowledge to conceptual knowledge, from experience to consciousness. Back to the text. Then comes the second stage in the process of cognition, the stage leading from consciousness back to matter, from ideas back to existence, in which the knowledge gained in the first stage is applied in social practice to ascertain whether the theories, policies, plans, or measures meet with the anticipated success. Generally speaking, those that succeed are correct, and those that fail are incorrect. And this is especially true of man's struggle with nature. To comment. So, how do we know if an idea puts into practice, right, your program that you're doing with your preliminary working group, is correct? The answer is simple. If it works. So, we commit ourselves to a political line based on a class analysis and we are experimenting, 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 and once we've really tested the program for a long time and have executed the three steps of the mass line well, we can say whether or not our idea really is correct or incorrect by if it worked or did not work. Back to the text. In social struggle, the forces representing the advanced class sometimes suffer defeat not because their ideas are incorrect, but because, in the balance of forces engaged in struggle, they are not as powerful for the time being as the forces of reaction. They are therefore temporarily defeated, but they are bound to triumph sooner or later. To comment. Okay, so here Mao is just saying that determination and drive is not enough. We can't be abstract or idealist about our our ideas. Um, we can't develop a struggle, A, historically, or without a concrete understanding of the contradictions of a particular society. Study on contradiction for this. You know, underestimate your enemy and you will unnecessarily lose battles. Overestimate your enemy and you'll miss out on opportunities to advance. Back to the text. Man's knowledge makes another leap through the test of practice. This leap is more important than the previous one, for it is this leap alone that can prove the correctness or incorrectness of the first leap in cognition, i.e. of the ideas, theories, policies, plans, or measures formulated in the course of reflecting the objective external world. There is no other way of testing truth. To comment, again, the correctness and incorrectness of ideas is tested through social practice and revolutionary experimentation, which means without practice and experimentation, which assumes failure, we cannot develop our struggle or our knowledge. Back to the text. Furthermore, the one and only purpose of the proletariat in knowing the world is to change it. Often, correct knowledge can be arrived at only after many repetitions of the process, leading from matter to consciousness and then back to matter. That is, leading from practice to knowledge 
and then back to practice. Such is the Marxist theory of knowledge, the dialectical materialist theory of knowledge. Among our comrades, there are many who do not yet understand this theory of knowledge. When asked the sources of their ideas, opinions, policies, methods, plans, and conclusions, eloquent speeches, and long articles, they consider the questions strange and cannot answer it. Nor do they comprehend that matter can be transformed into, into consciousness and consciousness into matter. Although such leaps are phenomena of everyday life, it is therefore necessary to educate our comrades in the dialectical materialist theory of knowledge so that they can orient their thinking correctly, become good at investigation and study and at summing up experience, overcome difficulties, commit fewer mistakes, do their work better, and struggle hard so as to build China into a great and powerful socialist country and help the broad masses of the oppressed and exploited throughout the world in fulfillment of our great internationalist duty. To comment. Why do we study? You know, why are you listening to a podcast of a guy reading and reflecting upon revolutionary science? Why are you going to patiently keep showing up and investigating and critiquing and self-critiquing? Because we need the masses to understand the world so that they can then transform this world. But Comrade Mao warns us not to go in naively into this process of experimentation. We are going to fail again and again and again and again. And the sign of a great revolutionary organization is not that they do not fail, but rather is that they can analyze their practice, identify their successes and mistakes, and develop new practice with their new knowledge. Because this is where correct ideas come from. And this is the Marxist theory of knowledge. Thanks for listening, y'all. You can support the show and find extra free resources on our Patreon, which is linked in the show notes. There you can also find a link to Five Essays on Philosophy by Mao Zedong, published by Foreign Languages Press. And with that said, yeah, thanks for sharing this show with friends and comrades, sending them a link and inviting them to check out the other episodes, whether it be on the revolutionary uh, theory or on the mass line stuff. Um, really appreciate it, y'all. Okay. Peace.